you're in a position of leadership, the last thing you want to do is dip your pen in, in the company ink, man. Like, just hold off. Like, it's a one-year term, bro. This is Byron Lazine, Nicole White, and today with us, the Notorious R.O.B. This is Real Word, episode 289. Word is up. And uh, for for Rob Hahn, we are not we're not going to be picking on Rob. No way. At all. Okay. Well, now that, now that we You're got his totally name right, allowed. now that we got You're his totally name allowed. right, I was going to yeah. pick on his name, but we already clarified that before we started. N- Nicole was right. It is the Notorious ROB. He does a podcast, Industry Relations with Greg Robertson. It's a great listen. We're going to link it down below so you guys can check that as, out as well. Rob's a longtime consultant in real estate. He's been writing since 2009. I took a major jab at him a couple episodes ago. That clip got linked onto Twitter X. Uh, Rob said, let's talk about it. And uh, the jab that I took, I don't know if you want to lead with that. And, you know, I kind of made a a comment saying, hey, you know, this notorious ROB is not necessarily what I would consider in the arena, despite being in real estate for a long time. Uh, This is when we were discussing your Substack, um, where you made the, I'll, I'll let you make the claim of what you meant in the Substack, but basically, the way we took it that you were saying agents should be more concerned about the SDAR um, crisis as opposed to, you weren't saying as opposed to, I'm sorry, um, but over the uh, sexual acquisitions uh, or should be just as infuriated by it. Anyways, um, let's start with the arena comment because I know we're, we're to get there. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit like uh, like those like those former NFL NBA players that get onto the. You're playing baseball or something? No, 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 no. That that get onto those talk shows and are like always battling with the journalists. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm broker, team agent, been in that part of the business, and then you have a lot of people in the business. And I guess I clumped you into this category because I love everything that you talk about. I got to say, I, I love your style. I will, I will fully admit that. Um, but there's a lot of people in this industry that pontificate. There's a lot of people in this industry Did that you Google start that word before you started. You must no, I use have. it all the time because I go to so many events and there's so many panel pontificators up yeah. there. They, they get a panel. Nobody audits the content and they're just up there talking out of their ass basically. Um, You've got a, a lot of good old boy, good old girl club mentality in real estate. That's from the top at NAR that that trickles through legacy media and it trickles all the way down into communities where you've got agents of 30 years, you know, that don't want to let, you know, it's kind of just the mentality of this industry for a long time. And you'll have people that you've been around this industry a long time and, and to be, you know, you've got a spouse who's who is an agent who is somebody I would consider in the arena. Um, but you have a lot of people that, you know, start tech or something like that and want to tell the industry how they should do the business. And, and so I've always kind of had a bone to pick with that. And that's where I'm coming from with that comment, but love your reaction, Rob. Sure. 
first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I was like, coming. wow, what's what's all this Twitter drama? Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, okay, that's fun. So, by the way, you're completely allowed to pick on me. You're completely like, we can fight. That's fine. You know, uh, it's it's not going to be like that. I don't think. Um, I don't think so either. But straight to the indie arena thing. This is a very common thing, right? And I'll answer it <clears throat> two ways. Number one is, I'm not in your arena, right? And I don't think you're in my arena. So here's what I mean by that. Because I think one of the comments you made was that, like, apparently Rob had never heard anything I've ever said. Like, because I think Byron, you're saying I've been saying for years, like the, and the true answer, the the true answer is no. I I actually hadn't heard most of what you guys said, and the reason is because I'm not an agent, and this is the second part of it. So for my entirety of my consulting career, I said forever, I'm not an agent. I'm not in the trenches. I don't, I'm not going to presume to tell agents what they should and should not do. My clients are MLSs, realtor associations, brokerages, teams to some extent, right? And tech companies. Why? Because I have a, I have a background essentially in marketing, product development, uh, law, and business. Like I was a startup entrepreneur. So when I talk to brokerages, I'm not talking to about here's what you should tell agents how they should practice real estate. What I'm talking about is here's your corporate finance structure that's not right. Here's your incentive structure that doesn't work. Here's your strategy that doesn't work. If I'm talking to MLSs, I'm talking to them about technology, about strategy, about, you know, the things that I think are just corporate. I make that very clear. And if you if you read my writings, if you hear me talk, like even Greg and I, we're industry relations. We're not in the agent arena. Like we don't really think of the real estate agent as our audience. We think of... MLS leadership, association leadership. We think of the folks who are making corporate decisions for organizations as, you know, our audience. And that's our arena, right? So to be frank, like I, I'm glad in a way that when an issue like this comes up, there are people who care in both arenas who sort of cross over, right? But like, I mean, I've, I've uh, since I learned, I was like, okay, let me go take a look at BAM. Like, what, what is BAM? And I'm like, you guys do good work. You, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff that I think is really relevant for agents. If I wanted to know how to practice real estate, yeah, I mean, I think BAM would be the place to go. I wouldn't go to Notorious Rob. And I say to people all the time, like, don't don't come here. Don't read my stuff. Like, don't. It's not for you. This is not. We're in a different arena. Like, if I'm like over here talking about like the commission lawsuits, right? I'm like, agents, I don't think have to care about this. You know, the rank and file, if you're a practitioner in the field, I don't really think you need to pay that much attention to it. If you are an association leader, if you're a broker owner, then you got to pay attention to it. Like, so that's that's the first thing. The follow on, though, I do think is for, you know, the most of my career I've dealt with this, right, that there is this real strong sense in real estate where people feel like if you have never sold, you know, a house, if you have never had a buyer in your car, then you shouldn't talk about anything. And I think that's a little, that's a little silly, you know, to be honest. Because then it would be the same thing as like, I don't know, someone saying, hey, you know what? If you've not been a lawyer, then shut the hell up about anything law related. I agree. Like, like it's, it's, we, we were all allowed to have opinions. I think where the thing becomes really sort of troubling and problematic for agents, and this I get, um, are people who've never sold real estate or never really successful at it, then become like coaches. And then the coach agents on, hey, here's a marketing thing. Here's what you should do to convert 
a lead off of Zillow. It's like, well, how yes. many leads have you converted? Well, you know, like two, 15 <laughs> years ago. Like, yeah, okay. I, I get that. Do you know what I mean? I, I sort of get that. But even and that's not fair. in that direction. So yeah, you're yeah. speaking my language there. Yeah, but even that's not entirely fair in this sense, right? Um, some of the greatest basketball coaches were very mediocre basketball players. And some of the greatest basketball players are terrible coaches. Like Michael Jordan would be a terrible coach, right? Kobe Bryant, I don't think would have been a great coach. Uh, whereas like Phil Jackson, I mean, yeah, he played basketball, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a superstar. Turns out to be a great coach. And so there's some limits to that. But as a whole, I do think, you know, my wife, who's a, you know, she's a, she's a recovering broker. We talk about it all the time. Like there are a lot of coaches, a lot of pontificators, a lot of people who have are telling agents how to practice real estate without really the background, I think, to tell them how to do that. I don't tell real <laughs> agents how to practice that. I tell brokers how to run their business. If an agent wants to know about how should I run my business, sure, I have opinions around that, right? You know, here's like, you should be looking at your PL and you should be doing ROI on your marketing. But beyond that, like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to sit at a dinner table with a, with a seller and then try it. Like, I don't know how to do that. I've never done it. No, so it's, I, we're two I, different arenas. And I agree with you. And there, there's different ways to get your Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, you know, Tom Ferry, who was on the yeah. phone for years and years and years talking to agents about their struggles every single day before he launched his coaching company. And, you know, sure. obviously he's the biggest name in coaching. So I bring that up and just looking back on your resume and how deep you've been into the industry. Um, yeah, certainly I, I stepped outside of my arena in saying that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put that, we'll put that there. I mean, look up notorious ROB. I mean, I, I, I was like, Oh man, this guy's got, uh, more degrees than I have hours in the classroom. So <laughs> it's, you know, apparent that you're, um, you're highly intelligent, know what you're doing. So I want to move right into the podcast and anybody can go back and listen to the last couple pods where, uh, Nicole and I have had discussions. Uh, you can go back and listen to industry relations with, uh, Rob and Greg when they were talking about this topic, but specifically two episodes ago, we, uh, covered your sub stack on the. Um, you know, reveal the, priorities of realtor politics. Yeah, the pro- reveal priorities exactly. And you, you know, you made the, all the energies on Kenny Parcel and, and none around SDAR and on the whole San Diego Association of Realtors. On the whole, yeah, you, you don't see a lot of headlines about it. You, you identified a couple pieces that were written about it, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's certainly, you know, for SDAR, by the way. Kenny Parcel and NAR, this might be the best thing that happened <laughs> for them yeah, to I, take the heat off. Yeah. Um, you know, my position was was certainly that, listen, I, I've been saying for years, Rob, I believe that most of these boards are scamming people out of their money, either through straight embezzlement like SDR, AR, and, or in other ways. If you were to tell me that there's a dozen other boards out there that are stealing money from their members... I would think that's low. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been my position for a while. I know that that is just projecting out there. I don't have evidence of that. That's an accusation. It was just a gut feeling I have. Um, but when you have something that's going on at the top NAR, who's supposed to be the leader, I wish they were the leader in these lawsuits and not anywhere or, you know, Remax, I think just settled yeah. this morning as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, if they were a true leader, then some of this stuff wouldn't come out. There's supposed to be a bombshell report hitting Inman this morning, right? So there's all kinds of stuff swirling around. Sure. I do think we have to pay a significant amount of attention to that. And so I think they both need a lot of attention, I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. So let's characterize like the actual post because I think you guys were – and I think the call especially was a bit, bit hard on me. I was like, all right, well, let's just go explain it. Yeah, beat her up, so, Rob. Beat her up. No, it's not that. It's, it's really nothing like that. Um, what, I, what got me upset about it, I guess, is – and if you remember, I led with – I've gotten a lot of requests from my readers – you know, to talk about the Kenny Parcells drama and the sexual harassment issue. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't for weeks on end because I'm like, what's there to talk about? It's like, we all agree sexual harassment's bad. Kenny did some really stupid shit. And I say stupid shit because you guys kind of talked about it because nothing has been proven yet, right? There's allegations of sexual harassment. There's allegations of hostile work environment. But the only thing that we know for a fact that he had a bunch of affairs, right? And we have one settlement. And we have a settlement, but there was – that's what I mean. We have one settlement without really understanding, without – like, what really happened? Did you really get her fired? Like, we don't actually know. But as a leader, having an affair with someone in your organization is dumb. <laughs> and here's the thing. He's not even – I don't even know if it rises to the level of sexual harassment because the president of NAR is not the CEO of NAR. Right? There's some difference there. However, you are in a position of leadership – the last thing you want to do is dip your pen in, in the company ink, man. Like, just hold off. Like, it's a one-year term, bro. Like, just just wait out the one year. Be, be Have a pen pal. You have a bad mm -hmm. marriage, whatever. That's up to you. It was a stupid fucking thing to do for Kenny, right? However, there's yet, as yet, zero evidence that the board knew about it, right? There's zero evidence as yet that this has been going on for 10 years. Now, what people uh, like, uh, not, not Ben Fate, what, the, the guy who's doing the, the campaign, uh, what's his name, the New York agent. Um, you guys mentioned uh, The Compass New York agent, yeah. uh, the NAR Accountability Project. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's Jason. Um, Jason Haven? Hagen? H Haber, I think. Jason Haber, that's it, right? Okay, so he's trying to do that. There are people trying to say, okay, well, you know, let's get to the bottom of this. And as I pointed out, it doesn't make sense to me. You have women coming out talking about this years-long culture of, you know, harassment, this years-long culture of fear and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Kenny's been in office one year. So that doesn't add up to me, but I'm going to let somebody else deal with that. What we know for – what we don't know for – it hasn't been proven, but, dude, there are some receipts. The San Diego Association of Realtors thing is over a 10-year period where it appears that the CEO with the full complicity or or complete like you don't you're not even you don't have your hands on the wheel of the board of directors has been systematically plundering the association. And what bugged me about it, because I'm in that arena, right? Let's talk about arenas. My arena is associations, MLSs. I've been in those boardrooms. I know those people. And what really pissed me off is Exactly kind of what you said, that you would not be surprised if there were dozens of other associations where this type of investing is going on. Well, what I know, Byron, is that most of the people I've dealt with are straight up, upstanding, honest people who are now going to tart and feather with the same brush. 
because it would not be unreasonable for a member, if I'm a member of whatever association, and I find out about SDAR, it would not be unreasonable for me to go, well, what's going on in my association? I wonder if my CEO is embezzling. I wonder if my board is corrupt. Mm -hmm. So what pissed me off the first time, my first thing I wrote was, um, and all three of my posts on this is public. They're not behind the paywall because this is of general interest to the industry. What I said was, if you are a CEO of a local association, you now have to call for a financial audit. You now have to go out and prove to your membership that you are not corrupt and you are not a crook. That is a really unfair position to put these men and women who are honest. Just think about it. Like, you're honest. You have to prove that you're honest because somebody in the industry is not honest. And that pissed me off. And that led from there. You, you think that's unfair that these um, nonprofit organizations should have to prove that they're doing the right thing with members' money? No, of course not. It's not that. I'm saying, I think, so for example, Houston Associated Realtors, they already do an audit, right? They already have process in place to ensure that uh -huh. there's none of this embezzling or corruption going on. There are a number of other CEOs and other people I've spoken to are like, we already do this, right? The president, the treasurer has to sign off on all my expense reports. You know, we have a third part. I'm like, yes, that's best practice. You should do that in any event. My point is, it's unfair <clears throat> that an honest CEO of a local association is now going to be looked at by the members. You could be corrupt too. Prove to me that you are not corrupt. In the same way, in, in a much similar way, like to put it in arena terms, I mean, something that I know all the agent friends I'd have are pissed off about is when you have incompetent fucking morons in the marketplace doing fraudulent shit, they get to tarred with the same thing. And they now have to go <clears throat> to prove to their prospects and clients, oh, I'm not corrupt. Oh, I'm not fraudulent, right? I'm not, the, I'm not like those agents. I, don't, I think that's unfair too. And it's sort of a similar thing. So that's what really got me fired up. The post you're talking about really was that letter from CAR. I think Nicole hit it on the head. I saw that letter. I'm like, time out. Hey, yo, like, look, I know Jennifer Banchini. She's a good person. And she has her heart in the right place. And I get what she was doing, like writing this letter, you know, heartfelt letter to the entire membership. I'm saying, where's your heartfelt letter to the entire membership when one of your own locals appears to have a 10-year mafia problem. When you have a 10, it's essentially an organized crime outfit if some of the things that are in the allegations are true. More than that, though, here's the thing. Kenny Parcells was pressured to step down. There's now this NAR accountability project to try and pressure people like Bob Goldberg to answer questions or step down. I mean, this is what Jason Haber is doing, right? San Diego Association, there are boards of directors, members who are named in the lawsuit, who are alleged to have been a part of this conspiracy, who are still there. And CAR, NAR, they have meetings, guys. They have these leadership meetings. And I'm like, are you seating the San Diego people? Because if you are, and your response to financial corruption is like anemic, what Nicole said, lawyer written, just mealy-mouthed, you know, uh, PR crap, but Kenny Parcell sexual, sexual harassment claim, like the president's going to write this big, humongous letter. And I started looking at all of the other responses, <clears throat> right? How many articles has, has Inman written about Kenny Parcell's situation? Eight, 
Yeah, some of them really say a dozen, but you're you're in the the right? range, right? I mean, eight, like, and they went. Some of it really went deep. How many have they written about San Diego? Two, and one of them was just a reprint of a press release that said we have a new CEO now, right? Like, the disparity from the industry to me is what got me upset. I'm like, and like <clears throat> you guys too. How many posts? How many podcasts have you done about NAR and the sexual harassment thing? I think two, maybe three, right? Have you done any about San Diego? No. Well, just just covering you. Uh, right? So I'm like, okay, fine, cover me. Here's the thing. You guys have 17,000 subscribers. You have a voice, right? And I'm with you. Like, hey, because like I said, I didn't mean to imply you weren't talking about the problems of organized real estate because you have been. It's just that I didn't listen to you because I'm not an agent, right? Yes. But now if something like this, you guys should do a San Diego Association thing. You guys should let the people know Here's what the hell's going on. And me, when I'm writing, I'm writing to the MLS leadership, the CEOs and the board members themselves saying, hey, you guys proactively should go do a financial audit and tell your members, we are not San Diego. We are not corrupt. It sucks that you have to do that, but I think you have to do that. Where you guys in the other side of the arena, you should be telling your people, hey, you need to be going and demanding to your local association, local MLS to make sure they're not corrupt. Right? That's how I felt like we're not, we don't need to be fighting. There's no drama. We're actually after the same thing, but we're two different arenas. And that's sort of how I see it. Get the most out of our content by subscribing to BAMX. BAMX members get access to all of our courses, live streams, and our community, as well as our hot sheet daily downloads. It's literally coffee money to get in, and you get discounts to all of our events and our merch store, which is coming soon. If you're not a member of BAMX, you're missing out on the best content in real estate and the best access to practitioners and not pontificators in the space. There's plenty of them out there. Just look at NAR. Join BMX today. Use code REALWORD to get 10% off. Use code REALWORD to get 10% off. All right, so there's a lot going on there. I, I took a couple. There's a few different buckets I want to get into. I want to get into for sure, you know, do we believe this is sexual harassment when a senior person at NAR is having an affair, mm -hmm. you know, with somebody in the organization. All right. So, so that's one, mm -hmm. um, you, with your experience on all these associations, I do want to get into, um, you know, I, you know, it, it starts to become like a tie-in agreement and we can maybe handle that second. Yeah. Meaning if you want to be a salesperson, we'll just take the state of Connecticut. Nicole and I are very familiar with it. Um, and so I guess we'll jump into this and then we'll go back to the, yeah, yeah, to the yeah, sexual yeah, harassment. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to be a uh, real estate salesperson in the state of Connecticut, you need MLS. Mm -hmm. If you want the CT MLS, you got to be a CT realtor. realtor. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a CT realtor, well, you got to be an NAR. And so you don't really have an option. Yeah. You know, and you're tied in. You're the attorney, not me. <laughs> is that not a tie-in agreement? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it so is. So how is it how is it legal? Because lawsuits have been brought and and the plaintiffs lost. You know, like that that's the short answer. Uh there have been a number of lawsuits brought. <clears throat> there are three there are uh, what are called so-called tops estates. And you now live in one of them. I think you live in one of them. No. Florida might not be one of them. Where <clears throat> there's a court decision. I know Georgia and Alabama are two. The other one, I think, is Florida, uh, where you can't 
force people to be a realtor in order to provide MLS access. California is the other one. In most of the other places, <clears throat> lawsuits have been brought and they lost because the judge felt like, well, this is a member benefit. If you're not a member, you don't get the benefit. You know, do I think, of course it's tying, right? The three-way agreement is a tying arrangement. Why do you have to join? The minute you join your local association, you're now part of the state and national as well. But it is what it is and it hasn't really been seriously challenged. So for your audience, for you guys and for your audience's uh, knowledge, because there's no reason for you to know this, most of my career as an MLS consultant has been around what I would call privatization. Because I think the MLS and the Realtor Association need to get divorced uh, for both the Realtor Association and the MLS, right? And I've this has been something I've been trying unsuccessfully, to be honest with you, because it's hard to convince organizations turn over like that, like make that kind of revolutionary change. But it's something I've been pushing for a long time, right? Um, yeah, of course it should be separate from each other, but it's not, and that's the reality of it. If you're saying that's the mafioso, you know, sort of corruption, like I look, I'm I'm sympathetic to it. Like I said, I think the two should be completely separate. You want to be a realtor and have the code of ethics and talk about lobbying and talk about homeownership matters? Go do that. That's wonderful. Go do that. But you know what? Roughly seventy percent by one Inman study showed that all most realtors join the realtor association just to get access to MLS. Right. That weakens the association. Right. That weakens the association because most of the members then don't give one goddamn crap about whatever the realtor association is saying. And so to your point of, hey, the association members should be holding their local board accountable yes. to, you know, what happened in SDAR. Yes. Well, to your number there, the, and I didn't know that number. I love the number. 70 percent might raise their hand and say, no, I just want out of prison. Right. I, I don't want to be held <laughs> captive anymore. I don't want to hold them accountable because I don't want to be a part. And, and so that's right. That's a feeling, right? It, that, it, I, I, think I, I completely agree. Like, so look, I mean, fact of the matter is I'm no longer a consultant. Really, I mean, I still do some work, but that's not really my focus. My focus in the last couple of years, I launched an MLS because I know these problems. I'm like, look, I see the lawsuits. I see what's happening. I see what's coming. I see the threat to compensation. So I launched an MLS. Now it's like, look, and one of my big things is you shouldn't have to join any other, like you want the MLS, come join the MLS, period, end of story. Like, why do we have to tie to all these other things, right? Is that in Vegas or somewhere else? It's na it's national. Uh, so oh, if you look at, yeah, I mean, my my basic business is, it's called the Center Labs and that's it. What? Um, but like, that's not what the point of this is, okay? Point of this is, is there a problem with all this tying, all this relationship? Of course it is. Is it illegal, illegal? I mean, th that's an opinion. All I can tell you is that the judges have held differently. The courts have held differently depending on what it is. But I will say okay. one more thing about this. Okay. The two lawsuit settlements that you just, the, the Anywhere settlement and the Remax settlement, right? I'm Remax isn't certain. even out. It, it, I Correct. saw an email this morning. So We don't know what, what those settlements contain, yeah. okay? What I will say is I think – both of those will require that Anywhere and Remax no longer require their brokers or their agents to be realtors. Because the other reason you mentioned is if you join any of those companies, those large national brands, you're required by company policy to be a realtor. 
In a lot of cases, correct. Yeah. Right. So I think those settlements are going to remove that requirement. So some of the people who are listening to this right now, you guys might have some new choices coming up right, where you only have to fight one. You only have to go to your MLS. You have to only have to go to your association and say, I don't want to be a realtor anymore. At least your broker, your company is not going to say, well, if you want to continue being a REMAX agent or a Coldwell Banker agent, you have to be a realtor. That could, that could be a change as well. James Dwiggins. I don't know if you know who uh, yeah, James well, is. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Is he a good friend? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I spent a little bit of time with him last week, actually. Yeah. And um, he's of, he, he has a prediction for a settlement for NART, like in the 2 to $4 billion range. Uh, to pay that prediction settlement, and he's been studying it closely, and and so maybe maybe he's going to be on the number. <clears throat> he was like, okay, well, NAR members they'll just have an assessment like you do at an HOA or something uh, of four to six hundred dollars for the next four years. Well, if seventy percent of people can walk, the thirty percent uh, assessment might be significant. That's just a side note. He had some other thoughts that one of them I, I challenged him on on the lawsuits. I'll take a note of that. Maybe we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, I want to stick with this just real quick. Sure. The, the tie-in agreements have been challenged. They've never won. Is it because of the lobbying of NAR? And number two, is there space for like live golf to do to NAR what it did to the PGA? <laughs> You know, meaning, could there be a new association? Because the you know the, the lobby. Let's give NAR credit. The lobbying, um, the the stopping of certain bills, the pushing forward of other bills for both consumers and agents. Overall, there's been a lot done there, and somebody needs to do that work. Is there, is there an opportunity for that to just be a new association like what Liv did to PGA in less than a year? They did that yeah. work. I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I've been predicting something like that happening for a few years now. <clears throat> and I know some people at kind of the national leadership level who wouldn't mind seeing something like that happen. But it's going to have to be all connected to the whole MLS thing. Right? Like, as long as the association controls the MLS, no. Because that's, mm. like, you're probably still a realtor. I am. Right? You know what I mean? Like, even with all your opinions, even with, I'm like, waiting. You're waiting for a be. cease and desist. It'd be great for the for the BAM brand. <laughs> you're, you're forced to be, you know. So, you know, it's like that's the reality of it. Is now after all these lawsuits, after this whole situation gets settled one way or the other, unraveled, could the situation change? Probably. I'm expecting that to change. It can't remain the same, right? Um, but who knows? Like look, what I, what I can tell you is this. And it's maybe because I'm in. Uh, uh, I live so long in Texas, in the Southeast. Um, I've been pretty aware of kind of the national cultural divide, uh, the political divide in the country that's reflected among realtor ranks as well. So, I think there's a there are a whole bunch of realtors who are ready to split, right? who are ready to split the minute they can. And if something like that happens, if someone were to start. <clears throat> some new organization, to your point, like a Live Golf, uh, I think it would get a lot of traction, assuming the MLS issue is resolved. But if that's not I mean, resolved, then no. 
NAR reminds me of our of our politics. You know, we we could use some term limits on people like Mitch McConnell or you go to the other <laughs> side, Nancy Pelosi, right? Like you could have term limits on some of these people. You could have some <clears throat> term limits on people at NAR, but uh, you know, yeah. I think about the chief economist who's been raking in three quarters of a million dollars for a decade plus. Um, I mean, you put out more statements than than that position does, and, and more, <laughs> no, you know, many of them are more relevant. Um, I think notorious ROB is legitimately then probably more of a of a volunteer than their position. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? And the, the whole volunteer thing shakes me up. So I want to bring Nicole in. Um, let's switch over to the to the sexual harassment stuff. Nicole had a strong opinion. I agree with her opinion. Uh, I think Greg, your co-host on industry relations would agree with us uh, on this position that just by the fact that you're a senior position and Nicole, I'll let you explain it and then we can get uh, Rob's reaction to it. In terms of like what we're the talking senior about. position topic being sexual, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I think, I, mean I, I think, and in all honesty, I mean, it, it boils down to really any seniority position, a, a boss, a vice president, a, a secretary, a treasurer. You know, I mean, anybody in that, obviously, in that situation, anyone below them is, I, I mean, can 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 fall victim to it again, if they're coming on to them and then they feel as though they maybe need to sort of flirt or participate or, you know, to, to, to maintain sort of their position within the business, um, I think is absolutely obviously wrong. Um, and like you were saying too, I, I liked your analogy about, you know, dipping the pen in the, in the, in the ink. I mean, it's, 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 it's awful. And again, I, I do think that there are multiple situations, not just obviously in real estate, um, everywhere really that there are those situations that, you know, you, some do feel as though that they have to continue to participate in order to, to maintain their, their position within the, the corporation. Yeah. Oh, of course. And that's textbook. Yeah. So I, I mean, <clears throat> my conversation is Greg. I think what I took, of course it's a problem and the legal, like I've been through enough, you know, sexual harassment training through my time in corporate America. Like, of course it is. Yeah. All I was pointing out was, though, there is a substantive difference between a senior you know, executive and a lower level junior having a consensual relationship right, versus like a quid pro quo harassment or a senior exec like grabbing somebody's ass. No, one hundred percent. I still think that even having it's still sex uh, harassment. I'm not yeah, trying to yeah, justify no, no, no. a senior. One hundred percent. No, I. It, it's it's a hard one because it's like okay, you're saying you know the 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 president may feel as though it was consensual. You know, they'll say that it was consensual, but 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 was it fully consensual? Sort of on my side. Um, because sure. may, again, maybe there was some sort of outside personal influence that made me feel like I had to participate in this in sure. order to sure. to continue. Yeah, and again, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, yeah. if you no, no, yeah, don't don't date your coworkers. You know, it's it's always nice, right. you, even if you're the same level. So, <clears throat> I mean, as to like so many stories behind this from my time in corporate. Right, like I was at a law firm, right, <clears throat> for a summer, and the the fact is, these lawyers are spending. 16 so hours a day together, together. Yeah. they don't like so yeah you know what middle of the night in a conference room you're gonna hear two people going at it because they don't they literally have no opportunity to meet anybody else in their life like and that's against company policy but everyone okay like that happened it was like that's really stupid you don't 
even if you're the same level, I was I worked for Village for four years, and there was this. It's a very strict thing. Even if you're not senior, whatever, if you start dating, one of you is like, likely gonna want to leave the company, right? Yeah, like this. It's just a terrible, terrible bad idea. All I was pointing out was <clears throat> there is a difference between that and what, for example, you know, women I know had to go through in organized real estate, where it's like it's it's almost shading in sexual assault category, right? Almost like not quite at the point where you should call the police, but God damn it, it's it's completely Pretty close, yeah, right. All I was saying was that there is a substantive difference between that, right? So that's why it's like I don't want to talk. I felt like I had nothing new to add to the whole Kenny Parcells situation because, like, we all agree, like, this was really bad. This was really it, stupid, right? It it is for sure, and I think, and I think where you and Greg on the pod went round and round and round about it, and we we won't go yeah overboard on this was that, and I don't know if this has been articulated on either pod, but if you're the lower level employee, you could be consenting just because you think it's the best thing for your business and then regretting yep. consent where yep. it's like, you know, it, it's like in succession when Greg goes and shreds all those papers and he knows it's bad. He doesn't want to shred all the papers, but he's doing it for the future of his business. It's like, okay, well, I'm single. Wow, you're back to like season one. That's like season one. <laughs> That's season you're, one. You're really going uh, far back. But it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I'm single. Uh, it's not an affair for me. This will be good for my future. And then in three weeks, you're like, what have I done? Or, or right. three months or whatever. Right. Okay. Do you believe if Kenny Parcel was? It's Parcel. Kenny Parcel. Parcel. Yeah. Parcel, thank you. That's why we have a very smart individual. We need, we need a smart individual. Today. Yeah. Kenny Parcell, if he was 100% innocent on accusations, wouldn't he be fighting this instead of playing the, I'm doing it for NAR, I'm doing it for the good of the industry? I mean, what, what would be, I mean, how would you react to claims if you were innocent? I, I mean, I know I would be out there fighting tooth and nail, showing evidence of my innocence and doing everything I can to clear my name. He hasn't sure. done that. No, he hasn't. <clears throat> I'll say this. Um, I know Kenny. I've known Kenny for years. Um, do I think he did those? I mean, who knows? I mean, it's possible, right? I'm actually not that interested in Kenny Parcell and whether he individually did X, Y, Z. What I'm more interested in, and this is more the point that I think uh, Jason Haber and some of the others are bringing up, and I did kind of touch on it in my article, in my addressing this. It doesn't make sense to me that Kenny Parcell, who was president for one year, created this multi-year environment of hostility and sexual harassment and sexual discrimination. To be, to be fair, he's been around longer than a year, so it, that just doesn't make sense to me. So if the problem, but, but I'm just is, saying, to be fair, fair, he's been part of the club for longer than a year. Granted, but I mean, it's last year he wasn't president. But he was he was first president elect. He was or, I know I know. What I'm saying is if if there were other leaders in place, there was a different president, somebody says, Hey, Kenny did something inappropriate, you go to that president. You go to that you know what I mean? Like other people can be held accountable. I'm, I'm in other people yeah. hold him accountable. And, and vice versa, I agree. And vice so all I'm saying is and some of these claims are coming back 
from long before Kenny was even in top leadership. Yeah. So if we're talking about a culture of sexual discrimination, of harassment, of fear, then it doesn't make sense to say this was Kenny. Right. That to me feels like scapegoating. So if there is such a problem with NAR, then it's institutional. And you guys as members probably should do so, you know, be exactly what Jason tried to do, you know, like agitating for this doesn't make sense. It's one guy, right? Like what's going on overall? Here's the thing. And this is one of the things that I think somebody, one of the commenters on your, uh, that video pointed out that signature campaign, that petition.org campaign that Jason ran, I think got 500 signatures. It got up over a thousand at one point, but yeah, well, it wasn't a lot. Right. So it's like, at some point you kind of go, okay, well, that's not going to work, right? That's not really. Now, could it, could it be something like where, like I said, that's not the arena I play in, whereas guys like you, guys like Inman that are really addressing, you know, maybe it's a Tom Ferry, who knows, people that are addressing more the wider membership, wider agent audience where you guys need to get a little bit more involved, maybe, maybe. Um, would that make a difference? I don't know, <laughs> maybe, right? Uh, but that that's the only point that I would make, right, is if we want to make this into Kenny did this, Kenny did that, Kenny did this, I'm like, yeah, well, two years ago, Kenny wasn't first vice president, you know, or two years ago, he was first vice president, three years ago, four years ago, like Kenny's only just one guy. Like, don't tell me like he created this massive culture of whatever when he was president for less than a year. That's the only thing I'll sort of point out about that. Maybe Nicole and I are confused on something. Yeah. And I think many listeners are confused. Why is Kenny being described and now Tracy being described as a volunteer that comes with a $300,000 salary? Break that down for sure. us, sure. for us mids out here. What sure. the because heck they're not, is, it's not a salary. All about? <clears throat> they could, they, I think NAO would describe it as expense reimbursement. Right. So the ah. idea is since you volunteered while you're serving, you have to travel a lot. You have to take time off your business. So in order to compensate you for that, it's, it's more of a expense reimbursement. Is I think three hundred thousand dollars expense room. I got it. Well, you know, it's um, like lost business, right? Since so you're a realtor, you're doing whatever twenty five transactions a year, but now you're not doing twenty five transactions because you're busy running around the country <clears throat> for NAR. Okay, hmm. we're going to pay you what your lost profits were. I think that that's the way they would classify. It, so it's not a, it's not a salary. It's not a compensated position, if you will. On the going to the money they spend forty six million in the most recent year on Hava's marketing group. What does Hava's What does Hava's do for NAR? You know all those ads. Uh, this is who we are, oh, right? This is who, okay. All right. So, Doesn't that bring you guys business? You know. Like, yeah. All right, I'm just you know, when you, sure when you we, show up at a seller's house, they'll think, "Oh God, thank God you guys are here. You're a realtor." I well, all of us are realtors in the state of Connecticut. So something I've been pointing out for about ten years, Nicole. I said, sure this, I the realtor brand something. doesn't mean anything if everybody in the marketplace has the same damn brand. Right. right? Yeah. And because of the interaction between MLS and realtor, everybody in the marketplace is the same brand. So, All right. So the I want to go over to the lawsuit side of things because you are deep in that arena. Yeah. And you've got a lot of knowledge there. I didn't know you and James were friends. James 
really smart guy. Super uh, smart. Met him for the first time in person last week. Said he broke it all down. He said everybody's going to kind of settle. We've seen that this morning. There's an internal, uh, depending on what time you listen to this pod today, it might be actually public, but there's an internal email this morning for Remax that they've settled for $55 million. That's right. Um, obviously, we saw the Anywhere settlement. Yep. You know, that was the first shoe to drop. So you, you would assume that everybody else will settle. James believes that when NAR settles, it'll be between two and four billion with an assessment passed down to members. Mm -hmm. James is ultimately, uh, and he's a broker owner in Northern California, I believe. No, he's a franchise owner. Franchise owner. He operates a national franchise called Next Home. Next Home is a national franchise, and and that's, I believe, Northern California. Um, He spent a lot of his personal time digging into this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe agents should be worried in terms of sky falling down on the business. He thinks there's going to be a couple different ways that agents will be compensated or, you know, will be able to go and and ask for, you know, just asking the buyer direct. One of the ways he mentioned, I pushed back on, we didn't have time to get into it. um, But he said he believes that Fannie and Freddie are going to play ball Mm -hmm. and start to potentially yeah you know a lot of missions to be yeah yeah and um his reason was nar okay so that that would be you know i've said many times nar has has a chance to really prove themselves here that would be one of those situations if they were able to pull that off i can't see fanny and freddie taking on that type of risk Uh, they've been very risk adverse since 2010 Mm -hmm. Uh, do you think that that has any chance of ever happening yeah, of course, um, because it's not Fannie and Freddie; it's FHFA, right? It's the or FHFA. Housing. You're right. Yeah, yeah it's FHFA. finance you're administration. So, could they convince the regulatory state to allow that? I suppose so. And if anyone's going to do it, it would be NAR. They are top five lobbyists, uh, per, like for thirty years. I mean, they're very, very powerful in DC. My one thing about that, and James and I have sort of talked about this, is I think he sort of underestimates the extent to which. The powers that be in D.C. would like to see NAR destroyed. That's just my personal opinion. I think the Department of Justice is in the middle of a lawsuit with NAR. The FTC has been going after NAR for at least 30 years. I I think there's a chance that, depending on politics, depending on who's in office, depending on administration, right, what happens in the election, there's a chance that the FHFA will look at it and go, if we allow this, then we're letting NAR off the hook. So no, we're not going to allow it. I mean, I think there's a chance of that. It would be foolish to underestimate that. And I agree. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, it's possible. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's in some respects, hopefully he's right, you know. Um, but, you know, there are so other ways. Uh, there are other ways. And I, I would argue that it might be better for agents if that were not the case. If you could not explain. finance the buyer commission. Because one of the problems, and it just doesn't get talked about enough, but the plaintiffs did mention it in Merle. One of the problems in the industry forever, for 30, 40 years, that I've I've always felt is, like, Byron, how long have you been doing real estate? 2012, first uh, as a salesperson. Okay. And, yeah. And, I mean, would you say, like, let's say Connecticut, listen to Nicole, like, if I wanted to buy a house in Guilford, right, can I call you guys? Like, do you know that market? Yeah. Nicole knows right. it very well. Okay. <laughs> Call Nicole. Think about this. 
if I went and got my license next week and I went and showed somebody a house in Guilford, I would get paid the same as Nicole. Uh, generally speaking, you know, depending on the commission being offered on that particular property. But that's right. I mean, but that's the, what's at stake, this cooperation compensation. But if the buy side commission is half to whatever, two and a half percent, two and a half percent, then I'm going to make the same. That always made no sense to me. Like, how is it that you have the best agent in the marketplace with 30 years experience, who knows everything about that place, is an amazing agent, just really ethical, like just a great agent, really going to take care of the consumer, is going to get paid the exact same as somebody who got their license last week. Right. Yeah, with no experience, doesn't know a thing, is incompetent, really shouldn't be trusted to handle a family's most important. They're gonna get paid the same, really. Like, so I've always felt that. Like, so one of the things I do think is, if the buyer finance commission goes away to some extent, then I could see buyer agents actually getting paid by the hour. At which point, your experience, you know, your time matters. Because that's the other thing, man. Like. God, I like buyer agents spend, you know, a hundred hours with a buyer, you know, showing them 50 house, whatever. And then it's like the buyer goes, I changed my mind, I'm going to rent for a year. Like all that time down the drain, you made nothing. And all like, that's not cool either. So why not get paid by the hour like lawyers do? Right. Like I've always felt that. So I don't think it's a terrible thing for agents. To me, the agents will be fine. When I talk about the lawsuit and this is existential threat, it's not the agents, it's the companies, right? Mm -hmm. It's the MLS, it's the brokers, it's the associations, it's the franchises. Other than as apparently Anywhere and Remax now because they've settled. Here's the thing. They've settled, but they've only settled two lawsuits. They only settled Sitzer out of Missouri and Merle. That's it. They have not yet been sued in 60% of the country. You would imagine we don't know what the settlement says. I mean, you're much more educated than I am on law. Yeah. You would imagine that in their settlement, they've protected themselves against the other 60%. You can't. And that's one of the things I point out. So the webinar, I got to point this out when you guys beat me up a little bit on my webinar. It's like 450 bucks. I'm like, yo, yeah. because That I'm wasn't us. Money. I don't think we did that. Somebody on, somebody on Twitter asked you guys it. for sure. <laughs> but sorry, I don't mind it. So here's why. Because I'm like, look, that's what consultants like Mike Del Preeti charged that for a webinar. And I'm not going to the agent, right? I'm going to the CEO of your brokerage, right? Yeah, I'm going okay. to those people. I'm like, you can't afford 450 bucks for, you know, the amount of time I spent on it. That's, that's fine. Then don't. And so I just want to point that out. Well, but we'll I link it out, up down below for anybody that wants to check it out, by the way. <laughs> what I'll, uh, what I will point out though, is this, uh, the thing point I make, the point I make in the webinar is there are some Supreme court cases where you are not allowed to do that. You cannot protect yourself from lawsuits that have not yet been filed. You can't compromise future plaintiff's rights. So, yeah, I think both Remax and Anywhere got off really light. You know, these are big wins for those two companies. But that's they, they can't protect themselves from being sued in, say, South Carolina. They can't protect, like, they haven't yet, they have yet been sued. Um, Connecticut is another one. I don't think they've been sued in Connecticut. No, Connecticut's really had no... Right, like Connecticut MLS is not part of the market of 20. So, no. right, so you could have some lawyer out of Hartford, some ambulance chaser bring a lawsuit against CTMLS, against Connecticut Association, and against all, all four of those brokerages. 
like this, that's one of the things I point out. It's like the copycat lawsuits on this is going to get insane. And now every settlement like this creates more of an incentive for copycat lawsuits. So, so James' position last week was that potentially NAR's, mm -hmm. you know, his projection two to four billion lawsuit uh, settlement potential settlement would encompass the, the whole, whole country, country on those copycat lawsuits Correct. is that a possibility it's a possibility but as yet we haven't seen the lawyers willing to do that because okay. what would have to happen is the the plaintiff's lawyers in this case would then have to say our class is the entire country and they haven't yet done that if you got two to four billion out of NAR, you know yeah. there, there's not much more money to get. You know you're gonna get your fifty from re, fifty five from Remax, you, whatever you're gonna get from BHHS. Maybe they have the most money. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, there's not much more to go after. And who really wins here? It's the attorneys. You know, these homeowners that are in this law, they're gonna get like twelve bucks or something. They buy themselves. They're a gonna get a coffee. coupon. <laughs> yeah, ten percent off your next purchase or something. You know, I mean it's. Yeah, no, it's all lawyer driven. Um, but I will, I will point this out. Um, I think James, and I know where he gets the number from. Um, I think that number's a little low, you know, personally, because if you look at the state associations, the local associations, the MLSs, and then all the brokers, like they actually, there's actually a lot more than that. I think the number, in terms of assets for the industry, is probably somewhere closer to forty billion. And I think the lawyers would probably want a little bit more than two to four, but I could be wrong. You know, I mean, okay. judging by these numbers, you know, we'll see. We'll see. NARs, you know, has assets of one billion, but you're That's saying right. they'll, they'll go to the, if they're going to encompass, if they're going to put a blanket over the U.S. They're yeah, gonna and, ask, so, and so everybody, like Florida Realtors has a lot of, lot of assets. Right. right? They're going to ask for, I, I understand where you're yeah, going. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to be on the hook for it. So, Yeah. But not the uh, like I said, the agents really have very little to worry about from this lawsuit, other than rules changes that dictate business changes. All right, great news, agents. Don't don't worry. <laughs> keep uh, keep doing the hard work. Seriously, like, like just yeah, keep do do you man. Like you're the ones in the trenches. You're the ones helping families buy and sell. Like the lawsuit is a bit of a distraction. I think if so, you're an yeah, agent if, in the field, if you're out there doing what you were supposed to be doing when you got your license serving the public and helping people, you'll be fine. I agree with that ultimately. Nicole, any final thoughts for the notorious ROB? No, I, again, I'm, I'm glad I appreciate your time. Um, obviously when we were sort of reading your article, what, you know, what we were obviously sort of taking away was forget this, we should be talking about San Diego, but obviously now hearing sort of your position on you, you know, it was mostly more you trying to encourage all of us to continue to have conversations on our local levels too. Yes. Um, I appreciate that. I mean, it, yeah. obviously we all know that um, it's nice to hear that somebody that's not necessarily kind of in our arena, you know, obviously encouraging us to sort of get outside and, and to sort of push it a little bit more. So okay. I enjoyed, I enjoyed listening to you. I feel like, um, I don't know if you've been listening, but I've been trying to sleep at night and I feel like I could listen to you and it would really <laughs> calm me too. But um, again, I appreciate your time and obviously clarifying sort of your position on things. Cause I do think that in, in some of these situations where we were reading these things, it, that was not clear. Mm -hmm. um, 
um, I, again, and I do understand you not wanting to talk about it. I mean, Byron and I admitted that when this all started happening months ago, I 100% shied away from it. I was like, we're like, there's, there's not really much for us to really talk about here. Um, when it was one accusation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was, it, we were kind of like, Ooh, like we don't know enough. Like this is again, like you're saying accusations, like let's yeah. not even, you know, sort of jump into this. So obviously again, reading sort of what you were saying in reaction to it was very, it was very heavy on the San Diego side. Yeah. Um, and again, now I appreciate sort of why that was because again it wasn't overly clear sort of what your yeah, no, intent there was yeah. i get it and like i said to, to given the audience i'm speaking to that i'm writing yeah. for it's mostly mls and association leadership brokers leaders my whole thing was like yeah what kenny did we here's the issue what kenny did we all agree was egregious it was wrong yeah you know sex harassment is never acceptable we all agree on that and, 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 but, and again agreements with you too like we can't yeah. let him be the scapegoat essentially you know like let's let's not let him be sort of okay we're done now we got rid of him it's all gone like now we're clean like maybe i don't know here's what i know though in in my opinion when you have evidence of 10 plus years of something really bad going on in one of the largest local associations and the media as a whole our industry media as a whole seems to not care one bit like 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 you guys said, I'm a blogger and I'm the one who has to go and find out that the new CEO was a former board member and hid that. I'm the one who has to go dig out the fact that the new CEO somehow got this $600,000 a year job, landed in his lap. There were no interviews. Why and- isn't Inman finding that out? Why aren't... Do you know what I mean? Like, where's our media on this? Like, it was more about them. Why aren't... Why yeah. is CAR and NAR invested? Like, it's not my job. I'm not a realtor. None of my money went to being, you know, paid, uh, to be embezzled. So it was part of that, right? right? And you're not claiming to be a journalist, so you you were really no. doing. I'm just journalism. asking journalists to do their job, right? Right. Like go investigate, right. go interview people on the ground over there, and if locally, if you suspect that you have other corrupt, like then go do that, because if corruption is widespread, it's a real problem. It's yeah. a real problem. Just like if let's put it this way. And I think I wrote this. Does anybody think that Kenny Parso is the only person ever to have been involved with any some sexual harassment thing across all of real estate? Absolutely Nobody not. believes that. Nobody believes that. Right. So we are going to want to use that example as a wake-up call. It's like, hey, you know what? We shouldn't do this. Right. There's already calls. We need more training. We need more. Great. That's fantastic. Do we think that San Diego is absolutely unique, that that doesn't happen anywhere else? If not, then where's the cost for, hey, we need more education, we need more transparency, we need more whatever, right? It's that that I'm, so I'm not saying ignore the <laughs> Kenny Parcells sexual harassment. Only, no, it's how do we not focus on both? They're both incredibly important. Yeah, and I think ultimately, you know, nobody could disagree with that. No. Uh, Rob, I love, I love listening to you as well. And uh, yeah. you're an important voice that I we need. That need in the arena of residential real estate. So thanks for being a part of it. You guys can check out, uh, connect with Rob on Twitter at Rob Han. Uh, you can check out his Substack, notoriousrob.substack.com and uh, also their podcast. We're going to link everything that he does with Greg. It's industry relations. It's fantastic. We're going to link everything down below. Um, love to do do some more stuff with him. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we'll have to have you guys come on industry relations. We'll talk about more pleasant topics, you know, (laughs) I'd love to come on, uh, 
yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to keep picking your brain and thank you for taking the time today awesome. to get into it. There's yeah, a lot more you. I'd love to talk with you about in the awesome. future. So thanks. For All that. right. Thanks guys. Thank Peace. you. Thank you.